Dave and Bacon Safety Tales, the only industrial safety podcast that brings you common sense advice on job site safety, standards, regulations, and industry best practices without putting you to sleep. All right, welcome to Dave and Bacon Safety Tales. Fred Redunzel and Dave White here with Quad City Safety. We're doing it again. Again, again. This one's coming to you live from Des Moines, Iowa. We came up here. We're at a Prairie Meadows Casino. Yep. <laughs> recording, recording live in a hotel room. So <laughs> it's very, very glamorous. Yes. They, they run. They do some horse racing here and some other not things. Till, not chilly. for another like week. That's when it's supposed to start. Yeah, because I was I like I like horse racing. Obviously. You do? Oh yeah, from Kentucky. Yeah, makes sense. So it's kind of. Have you been here before to watch no. horse racing? No. Well, I think it's probably simulcast. No, they have live. There's a track right out here. Oh, really? Yeah. I knew that. Yeah, there's a track out here. They do the greyhounds. Greyhounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. They do that. They do horse racing though too. I think it's Friday or Saturday nights. Yeah. So you have to check it out sometime. You didn't realize you were that close, no, did you? I guess I didn't. Yep, so uh, we are, we believe, the only dedicated safety podcast that gives you the advice without kind of going over standards and numbers and uh, all the boring stuff. So we try, stuff to, that try makes to keep you it interesting. glossy-eyed and tired. Yep, so safety doesn't have to be boring, so if we can help make it a little less mind-numbing, we can probably help uh, save a few lives out there, hopefully. Can I get an amen? Can you get an amen? Amen! So, uh, reach out to us uh, on all of our social media platforms. You can reach out via email. Uh, Dave likes to give out the fax number, so you can reach out to us via yeah, fax. I mean, it's on our I website. would love to have a fax come in. 563-445-2171. Yep. Okay, so if a fax comes in, you pull $5 out of your wallet, return to sender. Send them yep. 5 bucks yep. cash. Absolutely. Someone sends us a fax saying, hey, you told me to fax you <laughs> on the podcast. I'm faxing my question. I'm like, <laughs> It, it would just be, I don't know, it would just be funny to me to sit there and go, in my lifetime, yeah. I have watched all this stuff go to, you know, to where we're putting this podcast out into the, the, the cloud, yep. which I still, every time they go to the cloud, I, I, I wonder how old people, can you imagine just not getting computers and then not going, well, the cloud is just basically a server. So you'll get, you get a crispy $5 bill and a birthday card, like it's coming from your grandma. Yeah, okay. Back when you were nine years old and you got a $5 bill and a Mickey Mouse birthday card, it's coming. So go ahead and fax us that question, 563-445-2171. Fax it. Fax it. (laughs) So this week we thought we'd talk about an article that uh, ehstoday.com did. They released it on their website listing the 10 most dangerous jobs of 2018. It looks like they use fatality rates as a metric, so I'm sure it's not an exact science, but it'll give us some good talking points to kind of go through. I thought we so, could kind of. So you get, we'll share some of those numbers. So like when when you know when you're looking at it, it's if there were a hundred thousand people doing that job, how many people die? Right. So like, what's the you know what's the the rate for like a, a how about we go ground maintenance workers because that's the first one on the list and that's what's up in front of my face yep. 17.4 so out of a hundred thousand people so if you had basically 
ground maintenance workers all standing around and they were the size of <laughs> a city that was 100,000 people. Right. So it said 217 total fatalities. So in scale, yeah, you yeah. Know, there's probably however many hundreds of thousands of people, people that do yeah, that job. Correct. So kind of what I thought we'd do is go over the list, talk a little bit about um, some known hazards of each job, and then kind of a single like tip or sort of a solution that we can come with to hopefully make that person's job a little bit safer. So we're gonna we're gonna try. We might not even know all of them, and so we haven't really went over the list or discussed it before this, but let's uh let's roll. So grounds maintenance workers. So I'm assuming you're gonna talk about guys cutting the grass, guys doing weed whacking, uh, could be working around ponds or doing some of that stuff. Utility. I would imagine you know? a lot of that is probably. Because you hear about it every year is somebody gets on a tractor, rolls a tractor over and gets squished. Yeah. So I'll bet, you know, rollovers are probably something. And that's one where you can't buy really, I guess you could, if you had a seat belt and a roll cage, I mean, that might be fun to, to roll through it. But Yeah. I took technically, I could see like a trimming, you know, maybe doing some trimming, like a yeah. limb could hit you or something like that, a head yeah. injury. Fall, falling. Yeah, I would imagine that. I would imagine like arborists, you know, people that trim trees and everything, you know. So, I imagine that that one probably has as wide a range of different hazards as there can be. I mean, in the you know ground maintenance, like you, uh, you always hear somebody uh, in the pool chemical room that bites yeah. the dust by getting you know getting getting a little chlorine in the whole system. Uh, it could be, you know, that one's one that's uh, pretty wide open. So I could probably, you know, probably around pesticides or chemicals that they they don't know. They could, yeah. you know, they could. Uh, I don't know. It could be uh, some lockout issues where you know there's energy sources that they, you know. You remember the, the don't stand on the green box, but the first thing that you always did when you were yeah. a kid in the yard was get up on the green box. And you What's had, in that you, box? What you had no, nobody ever knew. Why is it humming? <laughs> <laughs> How come if I sit on it, I kind of start shaking a little yeah, bit? Yeah. My core. Yeah, so you got, you got, I pretty I, much have a pretty, you just say clear, sit on it and say clear because you well, can yeah. feel it. Well, think about, think about the, the reason that there's the 811 folks. Yeah. Is because. Finally, after time after time, somebody gets out there with a post set of postal diggers and hits a high pressure like propane line and right. blows all the damn neighborhood up. Yep. So, yeah, that one, that one I can see that you know you didn't really have to day by day. I mean, you're going to be subjected to a lot of different views depending on what you you know. Obviously, if you're this guy, you know. Yeah. So, what do you think about one kind of tip that would be a good thing to look at for people that are doing that job? I suppose if we're talking. We're talking vehicle safety, so that's really you know something to look at. If we're talking rollovers, if we're talking pesticides, it's going to be respiratory care. Well, I think that one. I don't know, man. It could be a lot of different things. Okay. Probably the smartest thing there is you know back up, take ten or fifteen seconds, and look at what you're doing. Right, almost you a know? site assessment. Yeah, as you're doing you each know, job. Because you know, it's it's we always say that around construction is yeah. the job site today is not the job site tomorrow. Right. So obviously, if you're mowing and all of a sudden, wait a second, there's a hill here. So yeah. how am I going to attack this hill? Instead, of all of a sudden, you're you know instead of going you know up to down, you're you're on the side grade, and all of a sudden you roll the damn thing over on you. Yeah. Taking that ten seconds to really evaluate might 
might have been the one thing that kept you coming home for dinner. Fair enough. So number nine, it was supervisors of construction workers. So we talk a lot about the actual construction worker themselves being in danger. But yeah, when it comes to fatalities, yeah, that supervisors. One, that was the one that I kind of looked at you and I went, what? Right. That's actually on the roof. What, what's yeah, the number on there? 134 fatalities, 18.0 fatal work so injury rate. 18 people per 100,000. And, uh, you know, again, depends on what they're doing, but... yeah. It's got to be that that person's just not prepared since they're not doing the work of the actual yeah. worker and they have to just come to the job site not prepared for the hazards that yeah. are or not aware yeah. of the hazards. That's that a safety supervisor. Right. It says just, you know, for basically I read that as like a foreman. Yeah. That's probably, um, I would say that part of that, that factor of death is the guy walks out there and goes... Well, goddamn! If you're not going to do it, get out of my way and let me. Boom. Yeah, could be that. It could be the uh, walking uh, walking into a confined space to look at something that yeah. they're doing, and you're not protected. You didn't, you know, didn't you pay any to attention to it. So that person's just got to be have awareness, awareness that yeah. his so the sites that he's going to. There's a reason that all of his workers that work under him are wearing all of the safety equipment. He's subject to the same rules, even if he just shows up there to talk well, to somebody. Re- review of a, a, you know, JHA or whatever, might, you know, hazard analysis before mm-hmm. you, you, you're going to participate in stuff. Because to your point, you know, supervisors use, you know, they can be somebody that doesn't really know, maybe they're not. Yeah, they can be at a computer most of the day. Even. Yeah. Or I mean, on so, the phone. So all of a sudden he comes stomping out of there and he doesn't realize what's changed or what's new or what's different. And, yeah. yeah. All right. So number eight, we got farmers, ranchers, and agricultural managers is what the list did. I'm going to defer on this one. Now, farmers and ranchers, um, we actually... Uh, 260 fatalities, 23, by the way, 23. Well, when you when you're talking farmers and ranchers, I mean, let's see here. It it seems like you have uh, somebody dies in a grain bin every year. I yeah. mean, right in the Quad Cities a couple of years ago, we had two kids, two kids under the age of eighteen, yeah. that were basically died in an engulfment. They were in a grain bin, and I mean, that's basically quicksand. You you go under, and if they can't pop a hole in that thing, get it to you know dump all the corn out all over the place. You're gonna you're gonna asphyxiate. You're yeah. not gonna have any oxygen. You're gonna die. Um, it could be uh, probably some of the worst stories I've ever heard. Is you know you don't think that the word confined space would come up in agriculture, but it's actually uh, it's big for two two places. Is now they have these large hog confinements. So in the Midwest, you'll be driving past this barn that smells horrible right but there's hundreds of hundreds to thousands of pigs in this one little barn yeah and when they crap basically the you know it goes down to a holding tank that later they'll empty but you have the fact that there's you know methane so you have a you know you have an Elliot you have a, a potential explosion yeah. one but two is uh, you got uh, organic matter that's decomposing. Yeah. So you, you create a whole, you know, another hazard there. Um, and we actually, we've had some, I think we've got a couple customers 
one specifically that, you know, he lost a family member in a hog confine. You know, somebody went into that part and they didn't make it out. Yeah. They went down. So is that something then that that fall protection can be a uh, something so that if they're gonna fall in to well an engulfment yeah an engulfment so I mean fall protection I'm just saying I'm trying yeah. to think of something that would be something to take a look at would be look having a fall protection plan on you know yeah I would imagine you know there's. Uh, at some point in time, you got to get up on a damn combine or something to work on it. Right. And if you're on top of it, you're gonna you got a chance to fall off of it. Yeah. Um. You know, I I don't know how many people I I know I know some farmers that you know have gotten their you know f- foot hands or whatever caught in an implement and you know all of a sudden it's like you know they 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 can't give you a high five but they can give you like a high four right you know so they've lost a finger or you know or mangled something so yeah there's all kinds of all kinds of bad stuff and then confined space i mean that's something that no farmer's probably got a confined space like a, a gas detection monitor no and, and you see so it you'll see it all the time like one of another one is they'll they'll come into barns and it'll get to such a uh, concentration that kills all the pigs yeah so i mean they're actually work trying to figure out systems that'll measure that you know that honey pot that honey room as well as measure you know air quality in 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 the uh yeah. The confinement. Number seven was truck drivers and other drivers. So I mean, that's just got to be accidents, right? <laughs> you'd you'd have to believe that. I would have thought nine hundred eighteen fatalities. So that's twenty four. Uh, would be the rate. I would have thought it would have been higher. Almost you just assume you know icy roads. I guess you're in a big truck, so yeah, <laughs> you got I some mean, protection level against an accident, but um, sleep. That'd be one of the major hazards is that the guys yeah. don't go to sleep enough. Well, I mean, how to say, we've come a long way with uh, traffic logs, you know, so people are required to kind of keep a, you know, a log book. They can only drive for so long before right. they need to sleep. But it's fallen, you know, people, you, you hear all the time of people kind of fudging those and it's like, why are you, you know, I get that, you know, you're trying to get done what you're trying to get done, but if you're in a, a vehicle that weighs, you know, yeah, fifty thousand pounds right. can kill someone's family. Yeah. So, so yeah, that one would probably be the highest. Um, maybe like I'm Joe Trucker and I'm my truck breaks down on the side of the road That's and all the time, all all the, all the time you'll see these guys hop like, right on out, hop right out, foot almost on the, you, on the you, interstate. Yeah, and it's like, man, you know. Get that thing over a little bit. Get your, you know, you don't, you didn't put any flares or triangles or anything out. Yeah. And and some of it's people, people are asses. I mean, how many times do you sit there and you see people and it's like, why are you not getting over? Yeah. Why do you feel the need to get that close to the, you know, you can reach out and slap him or something? I mean, right. right. And then making yeah, sense. You, you want him to hear you go by. So maybe in those guys' scenarios, though, that some high visibility would be... A, you know, have that in your truck for when you get out of the truck and you got to go walk around or whatever. Throw on a high vis vest just to make yourself more visible. Not that they're not going to see your big truck, but they might not see your little ass walking out around, yeah, around your big truck. So something to take a look at. Number six seems a little bit more obvious would be structural iron and steel workers. Yeah, I'm, that one. 
I can completely see that. But it says only 16 fatalities, but that's there must not be a lot of guys that do that work, so it's a 25. Yeah, skill erection is not... I would say there's a lot of them out there doing it, but obviously not as many yeah. people that are driving a truck. Right. You know? But, uh, no, I mean, you're working at heights and, uh, how I say, you got things moving around you that are, you know, heavy. So maybe maybe something's not rigged right. I mean, you see that all the time where, you know, the rigging comes undone and all of a sudden you're dropping this beam that, you know, are you going to get squished? Is it going to knock you off or something? Yeah, I always see swinging. Yeah. When they're trying to really get it to where it needs to go and it's swinging and then some guy gets his ass in the way and swings right into him and bounces him off the yeah. off the beam that he's working. So definitely having a fall protection plan that guys are trained on um, for them and then just awareness of your surroundings, I would say, would be the biggest thing to take a look at there. So, all right. So I got number five. Got Wait a minute, that was number. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. All right, moving on. Refuse and recyclable material collectors. Is it refuse? Is that how you pronounce the word? Refuse? Refuse? Refuse. Refuse. And, and recyclable, recyclable material collectors. That's 31 fatalities. That's a 34 injury rate. So what do you, you think that's more roadway safety? The guys are getting hit by cars, or do you think that's more of a somebody... It's, it's got to be crushed people in getting, there. You think? Well, I can see people getting crushed. I mean, that happens all the time. Is maybe they got around? Uh, I'm trying to think. The last time I heard somebody get crushed in a situation like that, it's like you know they'll have those big squishy machines that make it into bales or whatever. It's yeah. Like somebody got bailed up, man. They got pulled in. <laughs> you know, so so having you know maybe it's that whole breakaway clothing or whatever where you want to you yeah. want to rip off sh- shirts and pants so that you don't end up in a bale of corrugated cardboard yeah there. yikes all right number four roofers that makes sense yep so we got and what's, and what's funny about that is residential roofing they come out with a standard they detract it they come out with it again and everybody sits there and you know how many how many people passed 101 101. Yep, four, that's 48 per 100,000. That's pretty high. I mean, that's... It's too high. That's too high, yeah. For a job that, for the most part, I'm assuming it's one hazard. People falling off the roof, that's killing them. Yeah, I don't know what else, I mean, yeah, you I don't know what else it would be. Right. Is, you know... I'm sure there's a couple guys that something else happened to them, but for the most part, that's people falling off the roof. Yeah. At some point in time, somebody probably had a heart attack. Yeah. But, you know, so they're something like that. But, yeah, I mean, the fact that we still know about some hazards and people lobby to get things, you know, the fact that they're, you know, they came out with that residential roof standard and then yeah. they kind of pulled it back. And part of it is nobody's, you know, there's sometimes there's not a real good answer or the best answer. Yeah. But there should be, you know... There should be some something in place. I mean, they, they have a speed limit in Montana. Nobody lives in Montana. There's no reason for a speed limit. Yeah. But, yeah, there are some people. So, yeah, there should be some kind of... There should at least be some kind of guidance there yeah. instead of... I mean, every time... I mean, spring is supposedly sprung. just doesn't appear to have happened here yet. Yeah. But you're going to see people running around on roofs. And, I mean, how they do that, I have no idea. I mean... I'm scared 
shitless fights. Don't don't do that. Well. I told you I did satellite dish for for a whole summer, and to get up there, you can get a little busy. Yeah, there. I'm not too afraid of heights, but yeah, you start getting a little bit close to the edge, and those guys are working hard, lifting yeah. heavy stuff with all their tools, banging on that roof. Square shingles, and they're just running around there like a. I don't no know shirt either. on with their yeah. Nike Airs or their Converses or whatever, just slipping and sliding up there. Putting on a hot day with the tar and some or, of that stuff. Or the pitch is like crazy. Yep. Crazy steep. I'd want it flat. No, thank you. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. pass on that. Number three was aircraft pilots and flight engineers. So it takes a little bit out of our realm, but it's a 75 fatalities, so that's a 55 fatal work injury rate. And I have no idea what that was. Is it crashes? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's, there's not, not that there's, many there's plane crashes. There's not that many plane crashes. Unless it's like uh, Harrison Ford style. I mean, maybe I they count maybe, those type of guys that I mean, are like I out there flying be, their own I mean, you hear about, shows. You hear about private, you know, yeah. you know uh, there's always like the... The doctor and his wife are headed to Florida. That's what I'm saying. Like Harrison Ford but that, flying the You wouldn't think that that would fit that. It must. Or engineers, I guess, technically could be people on the on the runway. Maybe that happens every once in a while. That, that's not, I shouldn't be laughing, but some dumbass just gets in the way of an airplane. And like, <laughs> yeah. Comes zipping through. <laughs> I don't know. That um, would that would be a horrible way to go. It's a quick way to go. Whoa. I don't know. Anyways. I wouldn't care for that. Number two, fishers and related fishing workers. And, you know, I guess I have had always heard that, but, you know, you watched, watched that, uh, what's it called, Deadliest Catch or whatever, yeah. when they're throwing, I mean, they're in, you know, it's cold, so if you go overboard, you're... Is that the show with like the crew of guys that work on a yeah, boat? Yeah, they got, well, they got like five different boats and yeah, they yeah. gotta, you know, hate each other but love each yeah. other. It's kind of, somebody toss quits, they call them a pussy yeah, and they move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a toss up between that or Wicked Tunas, which is the better fishing reality okay. TV show. See, or I don't even know that. It's gotta be Deadliest Catch because that's the one I've heard of. But, you know, you see, you see these guys like, uh, getting knocked over when they, they'll pull the big baskets in or whatever and you know it's, it's it always seems like the weather's just ungodly like yeah. why would you ever get on a boat and go out you know yeah. 24 fatalities in that one that's a 86 uh is the rate the injury rate on that one yeah but not a lot of not a, not a lot of nope. fisher guys <laughs> biting the dust I'm, I'm guessing yep so and the number one is logging workers. It's 91 fatalities. That's 135 out of 100,000. 100. And I mean, it's a again, again you're kind of, you're working probably at heights. You're working around, you know, a significant amount of weights to where I'm sure that people get crushed all the time, you know. Yeah, it's probably, you know, probably somebody else, somebody else timbered, somebody didn't run the right way. I'm sure that that's zig when you should have zagged. Zag. Yeah, it's not probably. Plus, you're using pretty heavy duty uh, machines. Yeah. So that's that could be part of it equipment, too. Equipment squishing people. But that, that was one that, you know, when you look at, you know, you got Federal Ocean and you got State Ocean, uh, you know, Federals out there, unless a state wants to have their own state mandated, and I know in a lot of the uh, uh, states where logging is big, a lot of times they'll have a state-run OSHA, and that's because you know when you look at 
federal OSHA doesn't have the guidelines that are deep enough in some of that stuff. So yeah. when you talk about some of these specialty trades like that, is to be honest with you, I don't know or not, but maybe Alaska because of you know people dying on deadliest catch that there's yeah. you know some some rules that. Uh, other states don't have in there, you know, where they've kind of figured out that, no, you really shouldn't do that. We've proven that, you know, we, Billy and Bobby and Jim and Ted and, you yeah. know, they've all been squished because they did something this way. So does some of that specialty job stuff get caught up in general duty? Like in that well, everything always, everything's always going to fall under general duty. Yeah. Well, general duty is a broad brush that basically... But that's where I just think a lot of those special... Like, we're not going to write a fishing standard for yeah. the 26 guys that do it in our state. So yeah. that's kind of a... You were fishing. You should have protected someone against You should have known that you know somebody could, could have got hooked because there's a fishing hook and you're throwing it around. And yeah. you, should have, you should have had either, you know, everybody in... I don't know, protective fish clothing versus... Yeah, a net thing that goes over your face so you don't get hooked in the limb. Yeah. Oh. It's no way to go. I don't miss that at all. So, we're going to get on here. Actually, that went pretty well. We were a little bit worried about that one. I'd say that we, we, made, it, we made it through. And Hammer down. Figured, figured it out. So, move on to the Dumbass of the Week this week. It's the Dumbass of the Week. So... This week, um, I, young Fred can be the dumbass of the week. Young because Fred. Young Fred in his 20s uh, <clears throat> worked in hardware stores, worked in grocery stores, but was always quick to get in that trash compactor. <laughs> so he'd throw like a pallet over the top or something like uh, that, and he'd run the, the trash compactor and it would get jammed up, and all you got to do is get in there with the rod and unjam it, and you're not supposed to get in, so... Young Fred got a write-up once for climbing in through the front and going in with like a, a metal pole or something like that and really trying to get that pallet loose because you you need to go, everyone wants to go home. Yeah. So, but all it would have taken was for someone on the outside to have not known that I was in there and shut the door and turned on that thing and all of a sudden Young Fred's not here doing this podcast. So that's being so a you complete got dumbass. Up? Oh yeah, I didn't get fired. But I did get. Did you do some retraining? Like, no, no, no. I was just, don't do that again. <laughs> hey, dumbass. Don't do that again. I was called a dumbass to my face, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. So, yeah, there's lots of that that goes on. You brought up the guys working with the bailers. Yeah. I, I mean, there's. Those you, hear, are you, hear, you hear about it all the time. And, and those are heavy, heavy things, too. Like, well, when they're bailed up. Well, you sit there and you look at. Uh, like machine guarding yeah and stuff like that it's like it is 2018 we've we've got this figured out yeah why wouldn't you why why would wouldn't you if you i mean obviously the little plastic cover probably doesn't affect the right you know performance well or affect that lowe's can sell it to you for oh, yeah, yeah. 99.95 i mean i'm sure the plastic guard is three cents or something like that yeah but it's amazing how far we are but how how far away from that are we are because i mean like there's companies like that like uh rockford rigging is one that's out there and all they sell is stuff to to guard machines and conveyors and all this stuff that is new people are buying it and then they're going back in there and going well 
Yeah. There's no guarding on this. So somebody's got to go in there and make sure, you know, you don't have pinch points or you're not going to get sucked into the thing. Or, you know, you would think that there would be, you know, we can keep a garage door opener for going down on our car. I mean, that's pretty simple technology. It seems like there's a lot of that we could use somewhere. Yeah. Or on a kid. I think that's what they designed those things for, is it not? Was it more for a human? Oh, I've got a story. So the we started having problems with the I'd come home and the garage door would not be operating right. Yeah. And finally, after this has gone on and I kept adjusting, you know, you get up there and you adjust yeah. the tension and everything, and it's still messed up and it's almost like it's almost burnt out. Well, finally the the uh, neighbor from across they're they're a, they're an older couple so they come across and they're just laughing and they're like Maverick's so funny and we're like what's funny about Maverick well every couple times a day he 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 must hit the garage door open and he runs over and he rides it up and then drops to the ground yeah <laughs> so yeah sure enough that's what sure. did it so no the sensor did not help that at all right. But needless to say, it was just a new garage door opener. Uh-huh. Simple fix. All right. So anyways, let's move on to uh, the Q&A. So number one, what happens when electrical gloves are sent in to be tested? A um, couple things. Uh, the first thing that they're going to do is they're going to do that whole visual inspection to see if, you know, how to say... Is there any noticeable burns or lacerations or, you know, as those get older, they'll crack a little bit? Yeah. Oxidization. Um, Maybe there's ozone marks on them. So they'll do a complete inspection. And most most people don't realize when you you can ask for them back if you want to see, you know, where they fell. And usually when they'll come back, if there's like a something like that they'll they'll be circled like a paint marker or something like that um so you got that and then just like you should do kind of the roll down test to make sure that there's no pinholes or anything they'll they'll actually do a pressure test um and uh from there i mean it's you're you're going through uh typically it's referred to as a nail lab and they've got a set protocol so there's all kinds of little it's not just like a one-step test it's a multi-step test yeah then they basically um stamp them that they've been tested every six months right they're required to do it every six months or is that not the case six months is how good it is when it's put put in service okay so as long as they're in a bag and a climate control, you know, all those little caveats that, you know, yeah. has to be packaged. So when they'll come back from the back, the lab, they'll usually be in like a cellophane enclosed sealed bag. Okay. So theoretically, that glove's longest life it can be is 18 months. So it can remain in the bag for a up year. to a year. Yep. But the day you put it in service, you have six months. Okay. But that also gets back into the whole... You gotta look at the damn things every day. You can't just just because somebody you know you sent it in and got it tested, you know, three months ago does not mean that it's okay tomorrow. So it gets into some of that, you know, authorized user training where if you're gonna use these, you need to make sure that you know 
you uh, put some pressure on them. And like, uh, there's some devices out there that you can, you know, little glove testers where you put right. it over a thing and you pump it up. If it holds air, good, good enough. Take a look at it. Right. You know, if if it's like, if you're looking at your electrical gloves and you're like, well, that cut's not all the way through it. Right. It should be fine. Or there's a circle we, there that's changed. That's like light color. Yeah. We've got we've got a pro we got a problem there. Yeah. I think that's one of those things that people just send them in. I guess who knows what happens when yeah. we send them in and they come back. They just put go. another stamp on them. Yep. No, they're actually there's a protocol that they're working through. Okay. Can we use an organic vapor filter when fit testing for a half face respirator? If it has a P one hundred and you know if it's if, if if it's a multi step cartridge, okay. But if it's just an OV. No. Okay. You, you have again when you're fit testing, you're it's measuring particles, so you need a, you need a particle filter. A particle filter then is obviously a P uh, P100, a high efficiency filter. So does it, it has to be a P100, like a a particulate filter that filters uh, 95 or whatever like that will not get it done. Yeah, 99, 99.7% of particles okay. above 3 microns, I think is what it okay. says that it does. So not an N95, but <clears throat> a high efficiency, a HEPA yeah. type filter. So that's not something that, you know, I think most people think I'm going to get this thing fit tested for what I'm wearing well, it's as a I'm wearing it. it's particulate based or whatever. So Yeah, but you would think like if you're wearing gas filters or whatever, you know, yeah. an organic vapor filter. This is what I'm going to be wearing. This is what I should be wearing when I get fit tested for this device. And so, so what we're saying is that's not necessarily the case. Because it's only filtering vapors. Right. Which are There's no way to test. There's completely there's no different vapor test, at least that I'm Not that of. I know of. I haven't seen that. Yeah. I'm not going to say that it doesn't maybe exist in Australia or something like that, but I've never heard of it. Cool. All right, number three, do you have any recommendations for training topics that you've seen live demonstrations on? So this is one that we kind of talked about a little bit prior to recording this because there's not a ton of stuff that's out that's really out there. So fall protection, they can do some, some drop tests that are pretty cool to see the truck, lift up a dummy and drop it and really see how your fall protection um, performs. There's some video stuff that's out Usually there. Usually it's just like coming, flash up, explosions coming up with video. good visuals. Yeah. Like uh, I went through some silica training that uh, 3M does, and like they'll have the little vials, and they'll be like, this is all the silica that you can have in a year. Right. And you're like looking at it, and you're like, well, there's hardly any of it. I don't even see it. Yeah. Um, so sometimes stuff like that kind of helps your mind wrap around, well, you know, the government's telling you you're going to die if you get this much, and then you're looking at it and you're like, I can't even see how much it is. Right. Kind of drives it. Some of that stuff will drop points on. Yeah, I saw a pretty cool one that somebody did where they had the hard hat that was sitting on the ground, and they had a big, long, like, 100-foot PVC tube or something. Maybe it wasn't PVC, but it was a tube. Yeah. Where they dropped the, a big bolt through that and got to see what happens when it hit the hard hat or when it hit, like, a watermelon without a hard hat on. Yeah. And so some of those things you can do that really give someone a good visual. One of my customers did a, an eyeglass one where they, they took a regular pair of eyeglasses and they had a nail gun. And they, from a little bit of a distance, they shot a nail through the eyeglasses. And then the uh, Z87 pair of safety glasses, they shot the nail into that. So you have to see how the different eyewear performed. Yeah. And so there are some cool things that you can do, but... 
there's lots of video material out there, but it is cool to see stuff in person live, and I think people do get it. Unfortunately, sometimes it's to show what happens right afterwards. You know the. I mean, not like you just want to sit there and have like a you know a horror film, but right. sometimes it hits home when people see the pile of bodies, the pile of bodies, yeah. or you know, there's there's multiple speakers out there that you know have been in workplace accidents, and that's kind of what they do is they kind of explain. Man, I showed up for work and right. I don't really know what I'm doing. Now I don't have this or I'm, you know, whatever the company. Yeah, safety first was just a, a tagline I didn't pay attention to when I went yeah. into work. <clears throat> you used to do, uh, just thought of it, like a cut-resistant glove over a piece of fruit. Yeah. You used to do that. So that gives you a pretty good idea when you take a utility knife and you kind of run it across a piece of fruit with a safety glove on it. And then you take the glove off and you see how easy it is to yeah. slice into that. So there's some cool things that you can do, but... Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what we got, I think. So, as I've recently hit 35 years old um, with a couple of small children at home, I've started to acquire some stupid injuries. <laughs> like the old, uh, I'd go bowling, you know, with my buddies in my early 20s, and you wake up the next day after bowling, and your hamstring is kind of sore. Yeah. You start stretching out, and you're like, what in the hell did I do <laughs> to do that? And you do, like, the bowling, like, I'll do, like, the bowling motion and see how I plant my leg. I'm like, oh, yep, there it is. It's my bowling muscles are sore. But right now, we, we got some snow over the weekend, and I'm feeling it. You get that, you know, shoveling snow oh, for 15 minutes. Yeah, I, I do that every winter at yep. some point. And then, you know, it's kind of getting the chiro to get you lined back up in the way you're, you know, supposed to be. Yeah. And it's not, how to say, it's just how God kind of created you, not necessarily anything. Yeah, I've made an investment in a foam roller. Oh, okay. They got the little nodules on it. You just kind of slide up and down with your back. It works pretty good. Knead out the muscle mm-hmm. muscle pain. I like it. But the ones that have recently been getting me is like really stupid things. Like a kid will throw a ball at me, and I'll reach my arm up quickly, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my shoulder. Or yeah. the other day I reached. I was just sitting on the couch, and I reached forward to grab a cup before it like got knocked over but I reached forward too fast and I'm 35 years old and I about throw my back out like reaching for a cup so pretty embarrassing but it got me thinking my favorite and I like to I always go to sports it's kind of how I grew up so sports injuries my favorite stupid sports injuries like someone reaching for a cup on a table but Sammy Sosa I don't know if you remember this, but it was when he was like in his home run heyday that he went on the DL for two weeks from sneezing. He sneezed and it like hurt his neck just from a random sneeze. This is a professional athlete that goes in, or Gus Barat, the quarterback for the Redskins, that he ran in for a touchdown after he scored a touchdown, went to the wall behind the behind the end zone and, and hit his helmet on the wall and it gave him a concussion. <laughs> so he gets a concussion or the the. Um, one of the Grammatica brothers that celebrated after he kicked the field goal, he jumped up at the air and kicked and he tore his ACL. Yeah. Like celebrating. What else did I have on? Plaxico Burris. Shooting himself in the damn leg in the club wearing oh, sweatpants. I, I've got I've got a stupid one. So okay. high school tennis. So I went up for an overhead. Yep. Got my foot caught in the net. I was too running in and jumped for overhead. Yeah. And got foot caught in the Spun net. Spun twisted my ankle so bad I mean it was like six weeks to get you know it was one of the ones that gets all black and blue and has to yep. settle out did you finish the match no called it right that, there that was it forfeit I couldn't walk man 
Yeah, you should have toughed it out, though. No. Was it happening? No. So, I got... My the favorite one that I read was Hunter Prince. I think he's on the Giants now. He's a baseball player. He used to be on the Astros, but... Oh, he's a goofy-looking dude, right? A little bit odd. He looks a little odd. He's got an odd stance, but hell, yeah. of, hell of a yeah. ball player. Oh, man, he's, he's, he gets it done in the playoffs every year. Yeah, but I have, I have to guess that there was some alcohol involved in this because he was hanging out with buddies um, in their hot tub at his house and hopped out of the hot tub and went running inside, running inside the house and just ran straight through the patio door <laughs> and just got... All cut, cut up. all cut yeah. up. Yep, he went on the DL for a couple of weeks. So it's just these are professional athletes that these sort of stupid injuries happen, and so it leads me to believe that the working man that's out there, blue collar, you know, how easy is it for you to have something like this? You know, something stupid happen, let alone the things that we're trying to prepare for to like kind of I don't know that you well, really need to watch. But they're that's the whole but thing. But a sneeze is. can set you off when you're at heights. And all of a sudden you mm-hmm. sneeze and you fall off of a building because you weren't wearing fall well, protection. Like, you, you don't like when you for went that. for the uh, the sippy cup that was getting ready to get knocked over. Yeah. You know, so, sometimes that's that whole mental thing of, no, I'll just clean that up after it yeah. spills. Instead yeah. of, you know, I mean. You got to fight your instincts. Cla- yeah. Classic example. I, you know, I do that all the time is trying to. Uh, like something's falling and you're trying to trying to get at it. Yep. So, anyways, all this danger talk has me wanting to go climb in my bubble and take a nap. You just stay away from the world, stay safe and sound. But I suppose we can't do that. No, that's. Uh, we did have a reading bubble when I was in elementary school. That you get inside a bubble and go read. Well, they like took like a painter's a real thick painter's drop cloth and okay. then they, they plugged it up to a fan. Okay. And so, if you were really good that week, you got to read in the in reading bubble. bubble. All right. And it kind of had a slit in the thing. And uh, stupid as that sounded, man, but it was like a reward. So, this is so cool. Yeah. I'm sitting in the reading bubble. That's what, uh, um, have you seen the, the, the game where you like play soccer or something like that? But it's like you're in the bubbles and it's a bunch of oh, kids like, out there like running yeah, 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 each yeah. other, bouncing around. Yeah. And you see people like lighting. Light people up. Yeah. Right. Or they just go through and they run and they do like a somersault, like a flip in your little bubble thing. You got it. Looks pretty fun, but it must be safe. Must be. Right. It's got to be safe. The well, it's kind of like that. And what is that? That sumo. You seen the sumo wrestling suits? I've been in one of those before. Have you? Yep. Seems like that would shake you up pretty good, dude. Yeah, I've done the. I, at like a, I think the Bix or something over the summer, like the race. I did one of those ones where you have like the boxing gloves. When I was a little kid, with the boxing gloves, like I don't know, the size of a beach ball on each hand, you go through and you punch. It still hurts. <laughs> still get knocked out as a twelve-year-old fighting with your buddy. Yeah. But anyways, so to all our listeners out there, just remember we're trying to make safety a priority. Um, it has to be something that we talk about all the time, not just once a year at your safety training review. So. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, without you, we'd just be a couple guys re- recording ourselves, talking to each other. And that's just awkward. Yeah, it's so, a little awkward. So our way to thank you is to offer up um, some cool gifts for listening. So please go ahead, share our show with friends, with coworkers. Leave us a review um, on iTunes. We'll send you some sweet swag um, or some of our candy bacon. If you can't get enough of us, check out quadcitysafety.com. Safety's got no quitting time. We'll see you next time. 
Thanks for listening in to Dave and Bacon Safety Tales, brought to you by Quad City Safety. Send us your questions on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter at Quad City Safety. Hashtag Safety Tales. Or email them to Fred at quadcitysafety.com. He's the guy keeping this mess of a show in line. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's a kick-ass way to show that you care about safety.